welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 9th of September 2012, entitled The Snare of Spiritism and Sorcery, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 1 to 12. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word, beginning in 1 Samuel chapter 28 and verse 1. It came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. Nachish said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle, thou and thy men. David said to Achish, Surely thou shalt know what thy servant can do. Nachish said to David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. Now Samuel was dead. And all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. The Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together, and they pitched in Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment, and he went, and two men with him. They came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. The woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest that what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that hath familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? Saul sware to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. Father, we thank you this evening for this time that we can be gathered together. Thank you for your word. We just pray now over these next moments, Lord, that you will meet with us, that you will speak to our hearts, that you will give us that, that you would have us to have this evening. And we'll give you the praise and thanks for it in Christ's precious and holy name. Amen and amen. As we read this passage of Scripture, we find that within this account that there is both a a fearful sadness, if you would, at what is going on here, but a solemn warning to us concerning the perils of this both ancient and still with us today, heresy. It's called by many names, spiritism and sorcery. We find it uh, witchcraft and wizards and all these different names that are uh, are used in, in Scripture. But, you know, as we look around us, we find that it's becomes very familiar to our surroundings. 
Uh, even across my email, there's probably not a week that goes by that I don't get some kind of a, an advertisement for some kind of offering me a free tarot reading or offering me someone that can give me insight into my future and tell me all the great things that I need to do in order to be successful. And it's very commonplace and many things to do with the occult. But we look at this story of Saul, and we might ask ourselves, well, why did he want to go to this woman of familiar spirits, this woman that practiced spiritism, if you would, that spoke with departed souls? Why would he go to that woman for, for advice? I believe that as we read, we find that in the first instance that he had gotten out of touch with God. And we know from what we've just read that he was depressed and he was troubled and he was fearful and he was looking for answers in other places other than to God. And of course, it's some of those same times today when things start going wrong for people, that they start looking for answers. Or many times during a time of bereavement when people have lost someone that's close to them and Yes, they're experiencing sorrow, but they seek comfort for that sorrow sometimes by wanting to somehow get in touch with that one that has departed, uh, to maybe say some last word to them or to hear some last word from them. It seems pretty evident as we read through this passage here, which somebody asked me, was this really Samuel that was talking to Saul? Well, I believe that it was God's intervention, but I believe in the, the account itself, we find that it wasn't the norm. Uh, what did it say there in verse 12? And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, What hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. I don't think she expected Samuel to really speak. <laughs> I believe that just like many today, that uh, uh, she had her game that she was playing but it shocked even her. Um, of course, with some, I believe that this would uh, uh, show us that, uh, uh, that probably to most mediums today, uh, though some are very deceived, uh, that there are many around that uh, uh, it would utterly shock them. They would probably scream if somebody really did speak. But of course, they're delving in a very dark side. Uh, we find that uh, those voices that uh, uh, they hear that oftentimes will impersonate the dead, uh, that will seem as if someone, and they'll come back with all these little things that says, well, it's got to be them because they, they knew this or they said this. Well, I'll say in the beginning that I believe that what they're really hearing is the voice of evil spirits. Uh, Satan himself is playing games. It's not hard for him to impersonate the dead. Uh, it's not for him to know many of the things that they uh, would seem to know. Uh, but the fact that Samuel uh, and not some impersonating spirit did appear here uh, was a great shock to this, uh, to this witch. Uh, and, of course, we know from reading the Scriptures that in this case it was a direct intervention of God. Uh, it was something that, uh, that God himself did, uh, just as he does uh, other things uh, for his purpose at times, uh, but we know without any shadow of a doubt that it was not the result of what the witch was doing. Uh, it was God himself that brought this about in this case. Uh, and we know that it's an exception to rule and not the norm because 
The scriptures do not pull any punches when it speaks of spiritism and sorcery and those type of things. Uh, as a matter of fact, any form of the, of the occult. And I want to just give you at least uh, seven reasons this evening why that we need to be careful because I guess the thing that, that amazes me sometimes is the comments that Christians themselves will make uh, when they will allow themselves to be drawn into these kind of things. Uh, they may look at it as just a little fun and games or something. Uh, they may look at it as something that is, uh, that is not harmful. Uh, and I believe that the Scriptures would have us to really understand just what it is that people are playing with when they delve into those things. I can remember the first time that, how many of you have ever seen a Ouija board? You know what a Ouija board is? <laughs> uh, one of those things, you got the board out and you lay your fingers on this thing and the, the spirits cause it to move and it moves your hand around and it spells out words and, and letters and all these things. And I was actually introduced that to that by a lady that was a member of a church <laughs> uh, that had no earthly idea uh, just how much of the dark side that she was really delving into. It was all just fun and games uh, for her. Uh, but I want to just give you a few scriptures this evening because I think it's vital and I think it's important. And, of course, these things can, can go in lots of other areas. I believe that uh, it's just as dangerous uh, when you start trying to uh, uh, read your horoscopes and, and, and find out from, from these means what the day holds for you and what you should do and how you should best prepare for it today. You're delving into things that, uh, uh, that are not biblical. Uh, first of all, we need to understand that spiritism and sorcery and things of that sort, they're actually a snare of Satan. They're set there to trap people, to catch people. Uh, you can be sure that uh, it is not something that is of God. Uh, but if you'd allow me to be so blunt, that comes straight from the pits of hell, straight from Satan himself. Uh, and of course, we know from Scripture that one of Satan's great objectives is to blind the mind of men and women uh, so that we cannot see uh, what something is or how dangerous it is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, uh, this is the, uh, uh, the explanation of the uh, uh, presence of uh, so many religions and cults in our world today. Uh, and we find that uh, if you want to just turn there in your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says, beginning in verse 3, but if our gospel be hid... It is here to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, who is that? That's Satan. That's God with a little g. God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the, of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan is able to blind people's minds, and that is his desire. And of course, it's uh, one of the ways that the devil works, uh, you know, he really doesn't mind people being even religious. Uh, he doesn't mind people getting enthusiastic about religious things, about uh, uh, some of the teachings and doctrines as long as he keeps them away from the truth, as long as it's departing from the truth. Uh, and we need to beware. Uh, we need to be warned that spiritism and sorcery, it's not only a a form of bondage within itself to Satan, but it is giving Satan his place. It is, in a way, a form of Satan worship by acknowledging uh, those things are there. 
And those that dabble in these things or uh, any of the other ways of the occult uh, are accepting the lies of devil, the devil rather than the revelation of God himself. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, the Apostle Paul writing to uh, the church there at, at Thessalonica, notice what he says beginning in, uh, in verse 1 of chapter 2. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, but they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We find that it is only the truth that will repel it. But those that would not accept the truth, then God allows that delusion to come upon them. So we need to recognize, first of all, that spiritism is, is a trap. It's a snare of Satan himself. And secondly, that that's, this spiritism and sorcery it actually indicates a state of unbelief in a person. I don't believe that any soundly converted Christian that is living in touch with the Lord can possibly have any kind of a recourse to spiritism. Anybody, anywhere that's engaged in any kind of spiritist practices, they will either be an unbeliever that does not know the truth anyway, as we've just read about here, or there'll be a believer that has gotten out of touch with the Lord, as was the case with Saul that we just read. We find that it's sad when a Christian, through maybe being overwhelmed by some trouble, some bereavement, some sorrow, but that they would turn aside from God for that comfort that only He can bring to them, and that they would look to the God of this world, the God of this age, Satan himself, in order to find that comfort. We talked about that a little bit this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, the Word of God says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God is there. 
to give us all the comfort that we need in whatever the situation. But the simple truth is, is that when a person begins to turn to the spirit world rather than to God himself, it is an indication of a state of unbelief, either as an unbeliever or a Christian that is walking totally away from God. Not only we see it as a snare of Satan in a state of unbelief, but I believe as we look into the Word of God, we see that Spiritism is, and actually, if you would look at the other side of that coin, it is a substitute for scriptural faith. Uh, these so-called Christian spiritualists, uh, there are Christian spiritualist churches is what they call themselves. I'm not sure if it's still in operation. We used to have one just literally just a, a couple blocks from the uh, uh, church here uh, that existed there. Uh, they're all around the place, and I hear people that talk about going to these spiritualist churches, and of course, these people profess to be Christians, and they're engaging in all of these methods of, of spiritism, and they, as a matter of fact, are trying to encourage other people to do. I would say that that is precisely what Jesus was describing to us in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. Uh, when he spoke of those that uh, uh, were out there that, uh, that would deceive us. In Matthew chapter 7, he says this, beginning in verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Have you ever known any of these people that were part of the spiritualist church? I have. I've met them. I've tried to witness to some of them. Matter of fact, some of them are really nice people, and they're just as genuine and just as sincere as many people because they are that deceived. Jesus goes on to say, you shall know them by their fruits. The men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You see that simple truth is, is that to be a spiritist, you have no other option except to reject the word of God. Uh, anyone that rejects the Word of God is not a friend to the Christian faith. They are an enemy. Notice the spiritists in the first hand, they, they have to reject the inspiration and authority of the Word of God. They have a, a, a conception of God, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit, of the church, of all these things that is not only unscriptural, but it's downright blasphemous. They don't accept the atoning virtue, the blood of Christ. Their belief comes right down to a salvation that is by works, by things that are accomplished here. They deny the existence 
of these evil spirits and the devil many times, of judgment and hell and all of those, they minimize sin in order to condone what it is that they are doing. So I would say to you this evening that everything about spiritism and sorcery goes contrary to the Word of God. So when we find that for someone to start to delve in these type of things, they need to recognize the devil is there and he's waiting, and it's a trap to draw them into. It's a state of unbelief. It's a, a, a substitute for scriptural faith of really believing and trusting in the Lord. And every bit of it, fourthly, is seated in the flesh, not in the spirit. We find that the scriptures are very clear in Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19, familiar passage of Scripture to most of you, I'm sure. Beginning in verse 19, the Word of God says this, says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, What's the next word in your Bible? Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. What did he say about those things? The works of the flesh are manifest, are seen in these things. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, we talked about this this morning, have crucified the flesh. These things or a manifestation of the works of the flesh, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So the Bible itself declares that these things are, they're seated in the flesh. They're works of the flesh, not of the Spirit, not of the God. With those things in mind, I want to show you something, fifthly, that should leave absolutely no doubt whatsoever in any Christian's mind, because the Word of God clearly, explicitly, and very plainly, strongly forbids this type of thing in Scripture. We can begin back in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 22, and in Exodus chapter 22 and verse 18, the Bible says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. In the Old Testament under the law, this kind of thing was actually punishable by death. Turn just a bit further over in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 19. In Leviticus chapter 19, it says this in verse 26, 
It says, ye shall not eat anything with the blood, neither shall ye use, what's that next word? Enchantment, nor observe times. Just a bit further down in verse 31 of that same chapter, regard not them that have, there's that same word that Saul was looking for, familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, notice what it says beginning in verse 10. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Now, turn just a bit farther in your Bibles to the book of Second Chronicles. In Second Chronicles chapter 33, we find the account of when Manasseh began to, to reign. Second Chronicles chapter 33. Notice what it says there in verse 6. Speaking of Manasseh, and he caused his children to pass through the fire. We just read about that. He caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also, he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards, notice the next words, he wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him, God, to anger. Now you say, well, that was in the Old Testament. We'll turn into the New Testament to the early church. Look with me in the book of Acts chapter 19. And here we find these words recorded uh, concerning Paul's visit to the city of Ephesus, in Acts chapter 19. Notice what it says beginning in verse 19. Many of them, those that had come to know Christ at this point, many of them also which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver, these people had quite a collection of these books of the curious arts, these things to do with witchcraft and sorcery and spiritism. And notice what it said in verse 20. They brought them all together and they burned them in front of everybody. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. We find that the scriptures not only strongly forbid anything, to do with anything like spiritism and sorcery and, and witchcraft and these black arts, we see the negative consequences of having it in his midst, as Manasseh did, that brought down the anger of God. We see the positive consequences 
of getting it out of the midst of the Christians in Ephesus when the Word of God prevailed in their lives. So we find that spiritism, it is a snare of Satan. It's a state of unbelief. It's a substitute for scriptural faith. It's seated in the flesh and the flesh alone, and it is strongly forbidden in Scripture, in the Word of God. Sixthly, one positive thing that you can take from it, if you're looking at it from a distance, spiritism, Brother Steve, is a sign of the last days. It's a sign of the days that we live in. You know, we look around, we can say, oh, it's terrible. Well, you know, it, it existed right back through. I mean, we go right back through the Old Testament, right through the New Testament. They've always been around. But it's probably never been more accepted than it has in our time. Matter of fact, we, we live in a day when, when literally in many parts of the world, people have the right to worship Satan as much as anyone else. And they practice these witchcraft things openly, and no one can do anything about it whatsoever. There's never been a time, I don't believe, when that these heresies have abounded more than it does in our time right now. And I believe that as we see it, that the one thing that it does do for us is just one other of the many signs that should announce to us that the Lord Jesus Christ's return isn't far away. First Timothy Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Now we've already seen that clearly you cannot have a strong faith and believe in these things. It is a sign of that. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines or teachings, if you would, of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They absolutely see nothing wrong with it whatsoever. It's an indication of the latter times that we live in, we need to be quite convinced that although that there's a lot of fraud in spiritism, there are those, as a matter of fact, we can read other places, just a few chapters, uh, I think it was about chapter 16 or somewhere along in Acts, when the Apostle Paul had this woman with the familiar spirits that was chasing after him, she was actually possessed of this spirit. But a strange thing, you know, she began to speak and talk about these guys actually being spokesmen from God. You know, it sounded like she was saying something good. We find that the apostle Paul turned around and he cast this devil from her. We find that certainly the days that you and I live in, many are fakesters. You know, the biggest problem that Paul found when that took place <laughs> Was it because of this one woman and what she was doing? And she wasn't a fraud. Uh, she was literally possessed of, of a demon. But the Bible says there were a lot of people that were making a lot of money off of what she was doing. And do you know what they did to the apostle Paul when he cast that demon from her? Do you remember? 
he was cast into jail. And guess what happened when he was in jail? <laughs> the Philippian jailer got saved, amen. So God brought something good even out of that. But the world was upset because the world was making a lot of money off of what he was doing there. What I want you to realize is that they're not all frauds. Those that go to hear the voices and the mutterings, some of the visions that they see, they are deceived. They are deceived in thinking that they're hearing actual voices of their loved ones that they knew, those that they looked upon that they actually knew in person when in fact it is devils from the pit of hell. It is demons that are impersonating them. You see, it's a simple matter for the devil. People think it's just light, fun, and games. Folks, that's not something to play around with. Satan is powerful. When we start stepping away from God and we start messing with the devil on our own, we're in a dangerous position. We need not fear Satan at all when we're walking with God. We sang that blood and one of, one of the uh, we sang that song that, uh, uh, that we sang earlier about the blood. You know, simple truth is, is that the devil can't get through the blood. He can't get to you if the blood has been applied. The simple truth is, is that if that blood hasn't been applied, you're on dangerous, dangerous ground. And for Christians to start playing around with those things, they're just asking for trouble. I don't want to give you this final thing. You know, spiritism is... All of these things that we have seen, it is most certainly a, a snare of Satan. It's a state of unbelief. It's a substitute for scriptural uh, faith. It's seated in the flesh, strongly forbidden in Scripture. It's a sign of the last days. But I want to tell you something. Spiritism leads to separation for all of eternity. It's damaging to people physically. It's damaging to people mentally, morally, Spiritually, but it's damaging eternally. Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, it says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The sorcerers are right in there with them. It can only lead to an eternity in hell. And in the next chapter, in chapter 22, the last chapter in your Bible, in verse 15, the Bible says, well, pick up in the verse before it, Blessed are they that do this commandments, that they have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. You see, spiritism has no place in the Christian's life. Spiritism is something that one day, those that practice these sorceries will be cast into the lake of fire. We find that 
You know, the simple thing is, is that, you know, if you have had any dealings with, with sorcery and spiritism and these type things in any way whatsoever, you need to get away from it as fast as you possibly can. You need to have no dealings with it whatsoever. I want to read you one final passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. The Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's God's promise to you. Don't allow yourself to be hooked up with these people, to be yoked up with these people in any way, I would simply say to you today, if you know any spiritist, if you know anybody that delves into the sorcery and the witchcraft and those kind of things, then the simple truth is that you need to stay away from them. You need to stay away from it. It's not a small thing to be pulled into those practices. You need to pray earnestly for them. You really do. They're in bondage. We start there. They're, 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 they're being snared by Satan himself. And you need to pray earnestly for them. But don't start messing around with their things, thinking that it's just fun and games and then you can handle it because you're playing with something that is totally contrary to everything for a Christian. I wish I knew who to give credit to this reading for. I don't. It was in my notes of things. I guess just like on subjects like this, I... I read and I study as I come across passages and I put things together and I later come back and put them together in a sermon. And I had taken this quote down from somewhere, but I, I forgot to list who it was that said it. But he said this, and I thought it was pertinent. He said, to meddle with this awful realm of spirits may bring us under the sway of malignant supernatural agents and forces not only God, but wicked spirits wield weapons which to us are superhuman and supernatural. The devil can sway man by powers which belong to a higher realm, and to dare to invade those forbidden precincts is to venture into an unknown territory and run corresponding risk, risks which are proportionate to the success of our experiment. The danger cannot be overstressed. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Sometimes it's easy to identify those false prophets. You know, some of these people that, that delve into the black magic and the sorcery, I mean, it's easy just by looking at them and talking to them. They make no bones 
They'll boldly proclaim to you that they're following Satan, that that's what they want to do. But on the other side of that, there are those that call themselves Christian, that think these things are no harm, that people are just exaggerating it over, and they think that, that somehow they can believe in this stuff and believe in the Word of God and just tried to put some things out this evening. I know it's not a hoorah type, but we need to beware of these things. And it's something that's all around us all the time. And sometimes it is wolves in sheep's clothing. We find that, okay, it's easy to say, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Uh Uh-oh, I lied. I got two more passages here I want to give you. I forgot that I put these at the end. How can we test the spirits? There's just a couple of things I want to give you to help you to test any spirit. First of all, we find in Isaiah chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. You see, we can ask ourselves a very simple question. Is what they are saying in harmony with the Word of God? Is it in harmony with what God says. The prophet Isaiah said this, And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God? When they're saying to you to seek these people, shouldn't God's people be seeking God instead? For the living to the dead? to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them one way, in whatever it is. You can try the spirits because if what they're saying is not in perfect harmony with the word of God, then it's not of God. Secondly, 1 John Chapter 4, you look back there for just a moment. First John chapter 4, where he tells us to try these spirits. Notice what he says. He said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the capital S, Spirit of God, Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, there's a lot of things here. You know, back when he's talking about confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh, well, there's only way, one way that the Scripture teaches us that Jesus came in the flesh. He came, he was virgin born. He was begotten by God himself. He was born without sin like no other that ever came in the flesh. He had a body like us, but no sin present. He lived without sin. He died on the cross as the sinner's substitute. Not only did he die, 
but he was raised again the third day. And even right now, he's alive, and he makes intercession for you and I. Hebrews 7, 25, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You see, I want to leave you with this thought in closing there. You don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever experienced being in the presence of evil spirits and knowing it. Um, I have. and It's not a nice thing. Uh, it's a pretty awful thing, as a matter of fact, uh, to experience as a human being. Um, and at the same time, in the flesh, it's a natural thing to get pretty fearful of those things. But I've had some real battles. The simple truth is, well, I've come back to that simple truth that we just closed with right there. I know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I don't go out trying to pick fights with the devil. He's going to pick enough for me just to try to fight him back in return anyway. But he's our enemy, and all of these things are. And these evil spirits are real. And people are delving in all this stuff, and they don't realize just how dangerous that it is. And a lot of Christians are ignorant. So this evening, as your pastor, I want to give you a warning. You see this stuff, and it's so accepted by society, and it's easy just to fall into that trap. Don't have anything to do with it. Don't have anything to do with those that do except to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for them. Don't mess around with it. Don't even get close to it. And the same thing, you don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to worry about it because when you've got Jesus Christ, if you know that, I'll, I'll tell you this, folks. If I didn't know this evening that I had Jesus Christ in my heart, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes even going home tonight. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes by the chance that, you know, something may happen and it may be your last trip home. I don't say that to scare you. That's just fact. But I say this. I wouldn't want to be out there in the world that you and I live in. I wouldn't want to be out there in these last days when these evil spirits are running rampant and not know that I was protected by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I believe that we can look through Scripture I believe that without the blood of Christ, yes, people can actually be possessed. Evil spirits can move right in, and you better believe that. It's all through the Bible. That's not hocus-pocus. But at the same time, he can't live where Jesus lives. <laughs> when Jesus Christ lives within, I can't give you chapter and verse, but I believe the principles are laid down all through the Word of God that when Christ is present in our lives, we are safe and secure, and there's no room for the devil but I'll tell you what, they can still wreak havoc with your life. They can still play with your mind. You get away from the Lord like Saul did. He was walking away from the Lord, and he started delving in places that he ought not have been delving. It's totally contrary to everything that the Word of God teaches us. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, that, Lord, as we've looked at these simple thoughts this evening, Lord, they're meant because many times, Lord, we... We face things all around us every day, people that we're in school with, that we work with, that we live by, people that we meet. And Lord, these things are so commonplace to so much of our world. Lord, I pray this evening that you'd help us to recognize the clear dangers that are present there. But help us as your people 
Lord, to try to be the light that needs to shine into that darkness. Help us not to go out there messing around with the darkness, but be a light that shines in that darkness. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be able, even for those that we might come across and come into their paths, we pray that you might speak through us and use us to be a light into their life. We give you the praise and thanks for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 